Good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone, and welcome again to Network and Chill. I am your hostess, Bridget Yelder, and I am so excited to join you on tonight. We have an amazing, uh, wonderful queen tonight as our special guest, and I'm excited to uh, have her share with us tonight what she is here to share. But before we get to that point, I want to always let you all know that this podcast is being brought to you by Divine Excellence Consulting LLC and we are here fulfilling our purpose through service. Service is the greatest way that you can have success. I am I am definitely sure of that. I often say we are to serve our way to success. At Divine Excellence Consulting, we specialize in publishing and many other aspects. And if you need to contact us, feel free to send us an email at teamdivineexcellence at gmail.com. Once again, that email is teamdivineexcellence at gmail.com and we appreciate you all listening in on tonight and we thank you once again for always supporting divine excellence consulting and tonight on our podcast i always want to make mention of our um great interest and great heart for domestic violence tonight we have a queen that will be speaking on on her role in advocating for domestic violence and also as a part of divine excellence we have a group which is called enough enough stands for educating nurturing outstanding uplifting godly homes once again that is educating nurturing outstanding uplifting godly homes each one of those letters represents a part of building up people after they have experienced abuse we need to build them up by educating them we need to nurture them we need to let them know that they are outstanding we can uplift them with our words and our deeds we can let them know that that god is with them and and let them know that God wants to be with them in their home life. So each one of those letters stands for something. And we want to stand for something in our quest to advocate against domestic violence. So if you are someone who may be dealing with domestic violence, uh, any type of abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse, uh, sexual abuse, please do not suffer in silence. Please and always, always, always say something. Don't suffer in silence. Remember, if you are someone who is suffering from domestic violence, never, ever suffer in silence. All right, without further ado, I would like to introduce our queen speaker for tonight. Um, she is a an author. She is a minister. She is a mother. She is a friend. She is definitely loved and supported by many. Uh, a wonderful woman of God that really, really has a heart for people. And I, I can say that truly because I know her and I found her to be exactly who she says she is. And I love her so much for being that. And tonight I want to welcome our queen, Roxy Pearson Dura, all the way from Leeds, Alabama, close to Birmingham, Alabama, if you don't know where that's at. Roxy, say hello to the people tonight. Hello, 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 everyone. Uh, I thank God for allowing the listeners, as well as myself, as well as 
Queen Bridget Yelda to be able to come together tonight and just share some uh, amazing uh, resources, some amazing knowledge, and as well as share a little bit about my story and why I have a passion for victims of domestic violence. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to get um, get started. So, Queen, tell tell us tonight, tell us about, tell us a little bit about you and how your testimony has shaped your life out out, yes, out, out here in this world today. Yes, ma'am, Miss Bridget, yes. Uh, some of you all may know me uh, as well as my story, and there are some who don't. Uh, exactly know me, but I am Roxy Pearson Dura. I was born and raised in Mobile, Alabama. I was raised by both of my parents. My parents had nine children. There were six girls and three boys. I am the fourth child that was born. I didn't date much at all while I was young, but at the age of 17, I graduated school on June the 3rd of 1983. And I married a guy on June the 23rd, 1983. This guy was four years older than me. I want to say this. This guy is one that you would have called Prince Charm. I met him through my oldest brother. They were co-workers. And he brought my brother home from work one evening. And we began to date. My parents were very fond of him. And they approved of me dating him. We dated for only nine months before he asked me to marry him. And my mother said that I could, but only after I had graduated high school. This guy was a dream come true. You know, Miss Bridget, that's what I thought anyway. But after about three months into the marriage, I saw him change completely and totally. He was no longer that guy that looked at me with the stars in his eyes. He no longer seemed to care. And he began to say things about me that was not true. He began to falsely accuse me of looking at other men in which those men, neither I, were paying any attention to each other. Then he began to physical abuse me. And then I was became pregnant, and he continued to abuse me physically. He fought me for about the first seven years of our marriage. Then I became pregnant with a second child. For whatever the reason, I don't know, but the physical abuse stopped. But for the next 20 years, yes, I did say for the next 20 years, I endured extreme verbal, mental, and sexual abuse. Yes, a husband can rape his wife. After begging and pleading with him to change, nothing ever availed. So I began to pray, and I began to spend much quality time with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the fear of him, the fear that I was living in, began to fade away. You see, Queen Bridget, he and myself were both ministers in the ministry. So I worked very hard on my part of my vows that I had made to him. But I knew that there was no change for him and no change in him. After many, many times of leaving him and returning back because of those sweet lies and those promises of change, I knew that at this time I had to escape and never, ever realize that was in his eyes when he would yell and scream at me. And that's 
on May the 27th, 2013, exactly, it was Memorial Day of that year. And it was a day that I would never forget. When he left for work, I, I immediately called my son to come and help me move. We put all of my things in storage, and I went to one of my sister's homes in another state. And I stayed there for right at 30 days. This man became very angry. He was furious because he knew that if I had cut off all communication, that something was wrong. So I knew that I had to cut off all communication because if I allowed him to get in my ear, I knew I would only return to something even worse. He, he had a way of convincing me to come back home. So this time, no communication. He began to stalk my family. He began to ask about my whereabouts. People on his job that he began to ask, where can he buy guns and, and, and other weapons? But no one knew where I was, only me and the sister that I was staying with. But on June the 21st, almost 30 days after I left, he decided to go to one of my sister's homes where her and her husband resided. He went believing that if anyone knew where I was, it had to be her. Because for the past six months before, she and I spent a lot of time together. Because she had asked me, uh, Queen Bridget, she asked me to help her read and understand her Bible. So we spent a lot of quality time. So when he went there, he approached them on a Friday night. And they told him they just did not know where I was. He became very angry, and he demanded that somebody tell him where I was. So, you know, they didn't know. So, and out of anger and out of uh, strife, he shot and killed my sister and her husband. Yes, he shot, he stabbed, and then he set their home on fire. He became a suspect two days later, and then he was found guilty and received life without the possibility of parole. So from that day forward, everything in me changed. And in that change, after the grief and after the pain, I decided that I would spend my time learning all that I could learn about domestic violence and that I would be, a, be there to support anyone who was ready to come out of domestic violence. So that is uh, a little about myself. But on the other half of that, the question you asked was, how did my testimony shape my life? Well, I must say that the 30 years of, ab of abuse that I had suffered at the hand of a person who promised to love and take care of me had actually became my worst enemy. After he murdered my family, I say my family because a year later, mother died of grief. So I didn't lose two people. I lost three wonderful people. So I realized that if God allowed me to live through all of this tragedy, there had to be a purpose for me. After months of grieving, I decided that I would get up and take a stand against this beast called domestic violence. I knew that if I had suffered with it, then there had to be many, many, many more women was suffering with it. I made a decision to tell my story in hopes that others would listen and come out before it was too late. 
So in reality, it did shape my life. It made me a strong, compassionate, and bold advocate for domestic violence. I have a passion to do whatever I can to see not one more domestic violence victim. And that's how it shaped my life. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You know what? Every time I hear your story, I I think about the awesome power of of God that li- that lives on the inside of us because yeah. it it has to be a God. There is no way. Yeah. <laughs> there is no way that someone could live through all of that and not have the power of God on the inside of them. It's it's that is that speaks to the awesomeness of God and I share with um someone earlier today that you know when you go through those types of trauma and and you you, you just can't live a regular life anymore. You don't you don't have a a regular perception on life anymore. You see the value in in life. You see your purpose in life because it's no way you you know you could have lost your man, you could have yeah. lost, you know you could have lost multiple family members. You know what I'm saying even yeah. more, you know. But even in even in all of that, you find the courage to stand against the thing that tried to take you out. And and you know the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Yes. Many are called, but few are chosen. Yes. You yes. were chosen by God. By God. You, you wasn't by just God. called. God didn't just call you out. <laughs> you know, we yes. sang a song at church. He called me out. He called me yes. out. You know, he didn't just call you out. He He picked you out. He, yes. he hand-selected you to be a voice yes. out yes. here crying in the wilderness. You know, we may not be in a in a wilderness per se, out in a in a field with a bunch of animals, but this world is a big old wilderness, yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. he chose he chose us to to yeah. be out here to be a voice, and and it's so important. It's important that we step into this place because it's needed because it's still happening. Women have yeah. been dealing with abuse silently. For generations, it didn't just start now. For That's generations, right. it has been happening, but now we're a we have a freedom, and we're walking in that freedom, and we're able to give freedom to other women to liberate themselves and live life through the power of God. And I want you to, yeah. I want you to share with us the importance of having resources to assist victims of domestic violence. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, you know, Queen. Uh, before I uh, before I answer that, I do want to say that I want the listeners to know that domestic violence can be a generational curse as well, because uh, I watched my grandmother um, being uh, abused. I haven't. I didn't see her physically, but I knew she was verbally and mentally being abused. And then her her daughter, which was my mother. Uh, I watched my mother. You know, she didn't. She wasn't physical abuse, but she was uh, mentally, psychologically, uh, financially. I, I watched my mom, and so and then it fell on me. You know, and so I, I saw they endured it, but 
they didn't do anything about it once they, uh, the, you know, once they came out. They didn't do anything about it. So I chose that to break that curse so it wouldn't fall on my daughter and my uh, grandbabies, my granddaughters. I had to do something about it. I had to stop the cycle. And so I wanted to say that for someone who may be listening and they'll understand how they got in that situation. You know, look back. Look and see where your mother, where your uh, grandmother, where your aunt, you know, where somebody, um, a victim of domestic violence. But uh, besides that, I do want to say that uh, the importance of having resources to assist victims of domestic violence, uh, we do have to have those resources. And Queen, this is not hard for me to answer because, a matter of fact, uh, lack of resources is one of the reasons why I stayed an additional 10 years in a, a domestic violence marriage because I sought out for help and I was refused help because there were not any physical marks on my body. Mm-hmm. And so there was no one for me to talk about that was talking about domestic violence like we are right now. Right. Uh, there was no one going public about it. Everybody was silent about it. Uh, you, you, you didn't tell your business what went on in your house, stayed in your house. And so, uh, therefore, I thought I, that it was just the way it is. But it's not just the way it is. So it is so very much needed to have advocates that, uh, that have resources. And so I do say that every advocate that works through or with the organization needs plenty of resources on hand at all times. Whether it be a list of all the domestic violence organizations in your state, whether it be a list of shelters and coalitions in your state, we also need to have the resources uh, to share with these victims on the legal services that are available, brochures on all the services that are available in the state and in the community. There needs to always be a counselor available in every organization. And we need to know our uh, police force uh, domestic violence division. Some people don't know that every police, um, every city and, and, and community that has a police department in it, they have a domestic violence division that deals only with domestic violence. Um, we need to, uh, every organization needs volunteers. We need to have people that are in place that are ready to assist at any time necessary. We, we need to, uh, every organization, every advocate needs, uh, to have clothes, personal items, food, gift cards, gas cards, bus tickets, uh, Uber driver passes, and of course, always money. All of these things play a huge part of a mother that's making a decision to leave or stay with her abuser. No mother wants to leave not knowing if her and her children will have a safe place to live or if they would be faced with being left homeless. She needs to know that without a shadow of a doubt that they will be safe and there are people who really care and that someone will hold her hand and walk her through the entire process. That's how important it is to have resources on hand. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. Ma'am. And this year, you know, um, this year in, in our 
circle of uh and i don't i don't want to call this just a personal organizational project but this is a project that i i am extending out to the entire community of advocates and that is to uh start what i call the new underground railroad which is to create a transportation service that can help yes. move women from state to state get them out yes. of their city because these men are not stopping that you just leaving them alone you can uh -huh. leave them alone but they can find you and come kill you even after yes. the fact if they're not arrested you know if the law doesn't lock them up or or somebody doesn't stop them these men are taking women's lives these days yes. because they yes. are still within hands reach of them you know i i yes. personally know uh of two young ladies that i watched grow up lose their life to domestic violence personally like just to see you know um one of the young ladies to be stabbed multiple times set on fire and and burned in front of her children after she did leave the person alone she did get away but she felt like she had done what what she could do but that gentleman took her life i have a cousin who was set on fire inside of her house burned inside of her house alive these wow. and, and this That's is awesome. why this is why we need this service you know as a as a, a professional driver you know i drive good goods and services all over the country and as i would go you know i can't help but remember the vision that god gave me when he gave me the vision for enough you know yeah. i can't i can't deny that it, it stays in my mind and i think about well what if we build a network that can move women safely and they don't have to worry yeah. about paying for it what if we can yeah. build that yeah. we can build the new underground railroad to get people to freedom and that's something that yeah. we should have in the united states we should have that just like we have a uber just like we have a lyft just like we have uber eats we can move food we can move people we can do all of these things with technology we can save lives with transportation yeah. and technology so with that project that's what we're starting the 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 new underground railroad and we have a go for me set up we're raising ten thousand dollars to buy a van or buy several vans so that we can go ahead yeah. and get this started we want to get it started we have enough power between 10,000 people is not... A, I know people on Facebook that got 5,000 friends. So two people, mm -hmm. and all their friends gave a dollar. They go $10,000 right there. We have the yeah, resources within our hands. We don't have to go broke helping. All we got to do is help. A dollar yeah. goes a long ways when you multiply it. You understand? So these yeah. resources are needed. They are necessary. And we can save lives. You know, we can make a start, and, and and then, you know, once we get started, I, I believe that God will bless us as we get started. Once once we put the seeds in the ground and get started and get moving, I know that God will bless what we what we do. And, and yes. I want you to share with us 
What is the name of your organization and how does your organization serve victims of abuse? Yes, ma'am. Uh, yes, ma'am, Queen. My organization is named Not One More Incorporation. Our motto is to see not one more domestic violence victim. This organization is a 501c3 nonprofit that was established twice. It was established first in 2013, then it was reestablished in 2015, and we are still advocating every day since. We are a crisis and resource organization, meaning we are the hands, feet, and mouthpiece for those who are living and suffering in silence. Once someone notifies us that they are in a domestic violence situation, and that they are ready to leave their abuser, that is when we will work on their behalf. We are in partnership with some with some other shelters that do have housing for victims of domestic violence. In other words, what we do, what not one more do, we do the work for her. We need we need we do what she needs to be done. We are in a planning process right now on getting some grants in place that will allow us the necessary means to get victims out of their unhealthy relationship and to keep them out of unhealthy relationships. Me being a victim of domestic violence for so long, I knew that there was a need that I could not find to be met. And one of those was having someone, because we have to understand that when a woman is in an abusive relationship, she don't have the mind a lot of times to focus on how to get help because her mind has been tormented by the fear and by the spirit that the, her abuser is caring. So most of the time, her mind is thinking, am I going to die? And so she needs someone to hold her hand and be that person that she should be. Be that person that uh, that make plans for her escape. Be that person to call uh, 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 all the shelters to see, do they have openings? Uh, to be able to call those shelters and see the process of, of getting in, uh, to call shelters to see if children can, her children can come in. There are some shelters that will allow a mother and her daughters in, but won't allow the son. Absolutely. So that's a problem because most mothers are not going to leave their children at home, whether they're girls or boys. So there is a, there is a big process that goes along with leaving an abuser because like you said, uh, most men, they're not going to just accept the fact that, that she left and, and, she, uh, and she has an advocate. Uh, they don't even care if she has the necessary paperwork to keep, uh, where, uh, to keep him from her. Right. You know, to most abusers, that looks like just a piece of paper. So these women need someone like not one more to be able to assist them in their process, not give up on them, because a woman that is being victimized, yes, her she, she might change her mind in the midst of the plan, but you have to stay there with her and realize that 
she she she's not herself, and you have to talk to her and let her explain to her and give her advice that you have to stay focused and keep the process going. So yes, ma'am, that's what not one more does. Awesome, 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 awesome. I love it. You know, I I just thought about. I remember being uh, in a situation with my children having to go to a shelter, and I have two girls and a boy. And the shelter yes. refused us because I had a son that was too old. Yes. I remember yes. I remember being there, you know. And yes, and ma'am. and it, it it is the most frustrating thing to be a mother trying to figure it out with children. It is yes. so frustrating and to have someone to be there for you to be to be your eyes, to be your just to be your mind yes. because when you're in that yes. situation, you are not thinking clearly. No, <laughs> you ma'am. are not thinking clearly no, at all. You are, are are totally engulfed, like you said, by fear. And yes. you just really need that support. And it's so awesome that you're that support. And we're we're going to wrap it up with this last question. But our last yes, question ma'am. for you is, what advice or guidance would you give a per- give to a person who is currently in an abusive relationship? Yes, ma'am. Well, Queen, what else? Uh, before I was in a relationship, I may not have had the answers, but because I have been there and I know what it is that I would have liked someone to say it to me, but because I didn't have that person to talk to, uh, the very first thing that I would tell her is that I care. Uh, I will, We don't realize, but those two words, I care, are very vital in a person who has endured domestic abuse. Um, I will let her know that she is not the only person that is struggling. Uh, I will let her know that uh, that people do care because she or he is living day in and day out with someone who is telling them that they don't care, telling them that they hate them, showing them that they don't care. So in reality, she needs someone that do care. So the advice I would give is I care. I will let her know you are not alone. I, too, have endured a long domestic violence marriage. I would let her know that I would never, ever recommend her to jump up and leave her home because this is a very serious situation, and it needs to be carefully planned. I would tell her, even though, you may be asking yourself because I know that she's asking herself because I, I know I asked myself, what have I done wrong? What did I do to him? What did I do to deserve this? But I will let her know that there is nothing that she has done wrong. I will let her know that I will walk with her throughout the entire process, that I will hold her hand as a friend, as a sister, to make sure that, uh, that she completes this mission. I will help her to get a plan that would be good for her and her children because every domestic violence situation is different. Some people abuser may be a, 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 a narcissist. Some people abuser may be a sociopath. Some may be a psychopath. Or some just may be just plain old mean. These type of people are vicious and all controlling, and they will do anything to make you stay with them. Despite the abuse that they are afflicting upon you, in their minds, they see, they feel as if they're not doing anything wrong. And 
I know this because I asked questions to my own, and he appeared to not even believe that he did anything wrong. So my advice would be to her is just stay true to the plan, pray, have faith, uh, communicate. But I will also let her know this, and this is something that I'm so serious about, is to be very careful on who she tell her plans. I will tell her to start writing down everything that happens every day. I will tell her to get the police involved, if only to let them know what's your situation and your plan of action. I will tell her to get the domestic violence hotline involved. But lastly, I would tell her to be very careful about telling her plans with others because domestic violence do kill. She would have to be very skipper in her planning. But if it gets out of hand where her life is in danger, it to immediately call 911 and try to escape. I would also tell her to stay focused and do not look back because life is beautiful on the other side of domestic violence. Yes, it is. Absolutely. That would be my advice to her. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us on tonight and sharing with us on tonight. And as 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 the name of her organization says, not one more. Not one more. Yes. Not one more. Not on our watch. We we we're not gonna yes. sit by and just have have it going on. Not one more. Not on our watch. As as God live and God give us the power to continue to stand and be a voice yes. and be you know be the person that stand in the gap. Because truly, I know we have to stand in the gap for those who are not not ready to yes. let go. You know, some some you know domestic violence happens in some of the most unusual places. People, you know, you can't you can't categorize violence. You can't say it happened to this. It don't. It happened to the rich, the poor, the yeah. the 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 ones that look like they are so happy. They are not that happy, and yeah. and you'll be surprised. And you know, we just have to be there to stand in the gap. You know, to be ready, and we're letting the world know that we're ready here to receive those who want to get out. We want to be able to yeah. do more and more and more and more and more. And I thank you so much, Queen, for being with us on tonight. Uh, I am going to post under this post. I'm going to post your information so that everybody can uh, reach out to you. Um, Queen Roxy Pearson Dura is in the Birmingham, Leeds, Alabama area. If you all are in that area... And you are dealing with any type of situation that you want to get out of. I am going to post her information under this post. If if you're listening to it, if somebody shares it, if you have a family member in that area, please, 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 please reach out to Queen Roxy Pearson Dura because I know she is she is well connected. And has a a a big, you know. We're look. We know. We know. The first person that we know is is Almighty God. <laughs> that's the first. That's the first person that we know that can can change that situation. And and God give us the wisdom to use our natural resources 
on this earth to be a blessing to those who want to change their lives. And I so appreciate you for being with us tonight on Network and Chill. I thank everyone for listening. Please listen to the podcast. Please share. This is important information. This is important information. This is important information. And it must be out there. We will not have not one more. Amen. Not one more domestic Amen. violence victim. And we Amen. thank you all for coming and listening on tonight. Share, like, and pay attention to this information because it must be, it must be, it must be, it must be stopped. Not one more. Not one more. Not one more. All right. You all have a great evening.